Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ben. A bit hungry, actually. I've not had my breakfast today, um, which I try and do on, on podcast days because I don't want the old growls happening while we're trying to record, but... The grumbles. We'll have to just get through it and see what happens. Um, yeah, I suppose we will. Might have a little, little musical accompaniment. If, uh, I'm really sorry I talked to you about a, a burger. That's <laughs> okay. I'm not in the mood for burger at being 10 o'clock in the morning, so I'm all right. That didn't really affect me. Um, See, that's impressive. You could show me a burger, I think, pretty much any time of the day, and yeah. I would be, I'd be all over it. Maybe a picture would have would have set me off, but the talk. Oh, okay. Of... Well, I can do that. Okay. You want, yeah. You want it? I'll send that. I'll Definitely send that right not. Through. No. We'll get we'll get right on it. Uh, this is a video game podcast where we do sometimes talk about our breakfasts. We are sponsored each and every week. This show, by the way, goes out on Saturdays every week. If you didn't know, mm. uh, we're sponsored each and every week by a relevant video game company, big money sponsor, rolling in the big bucks over here. With our with our sponsorship money, I have this week's ad read in front of me. Are you ready to hear it? I am so ready to hear it. So we're actually sponsored by a game uh, this week, which is nice. Always nice when we're sponsored by a game. Sometimes it's sort of a strange affiliate company. Yeah. This is an actual video game. Excellent. Uh, one that we've both been eyeing with interest, actually. Mm. And uh, it's it's a special version that you can buy for sort of an elevated sum compared to sort of the standard version that they'll be releasing in May. And that is, of course, Mass Effect Sledging Dairy Edition. Wow, Sledging Dairy Edition. Yes. Okay, So, tell me more. Let's break it down, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming out this year. Very exciting. 1, 2, and 3, all remastered and pretty, and with a bow on top and missing one piece of DLC because it, it vanished. They lost it. And, they lost um, the USB stick. Moving the camera away from ladies' bums. Yes, uh, we can't look at Miranda's bot bot anymore. No. It's not allowed. So that's the that's the main difference. However, with the Sledging Dairy Edition, there is a, there's a, a, a huge swathe of changes Oh. All across the entire trilogy, it actually replaces all characters with various uh, various dairy products. Okay. So Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Commander Shepard, he is now a wheel of cheese. Right, like in Oblivion. 
just like in Oblivion. Miranda, well, that's a that's a bottle of milk, friend. Right, but don't right look there. at its ass. Don't look at the don't look at the label. No, only look at the the milk, and uh, that that applies for. For all the characters, uh, Garrus, everyone loves Garrus. Mm. He is now a cheese string. Ooh. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think that's great. Is he an officially branded cheese string or is he like an Aldi's own cheese string? He's an Aldi's own. They added a D on the end of cheese, so he's a cheesed string. A cheesed string. A cheese rope. Cheese rope, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. So that goes for all the characters. It's really exciting. It is a bit more expensive, though. Mm. It's uh, $99.99. Wow. That's, to get that, the Sledging Dairy Edition. It really is. Where does the sledging come in? Are you going to go into that detail? or? That's a very good question. Mm. Brilliant question. Yeah. Great question. It is. Well. It's available in May, mm. and it's going to be $100. And I hope you will buy it, because EA, they, you know... They need the money. They do. To add in some sort of relevant DLC that will make the sledging... Uh, oh, no, the sledge actually, is there. It's in there. It's yeah, in there. yeah, it's in there. And that's that's a fact. That's so it. So that's all you get. Thank you to Mass Effect Sledging Dairy Edition for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Perfect. Wonderful. Love it. Or they would if it wasn't a big load of baloney oh, billballs. for flip's sake. Ah, gotcha. I got you. I got everyone at home as well. You do this every other week, and then in the weeks in between, I do it to you. Oh, you would have thought we'd have learned by now, 102 episodes in, but uh, no, that was a load of codswallop. The real sponsors, of course, are our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, that's about 25 cents per week, by the way, you get access to the question post on our Patreon, and you can ask, you can submit, I should say, questions to be used on this show. Mm. And that's where all the questions we've sourced for today's show have come from. It's from patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Please do consider supporting us there if you're able to do so. It really does help. Now, before we read one of these questions submitted by the wonderful patrons because yes. of the wonderful things they do, we need somewhere to be walking in the video version of this podcast because, of course, we used to do this together on camera, but we can't and we haven't been able to for a while. Yeah. So the video version needs some sort of backdrop that we are walking across slowly in, in sort of PNG form. Mm. Where do you think we're walking? I think based on um, your little ditty there of because of the wonderful things they do, the patrons... We're off to see the patrons, the wonderful patrons of wherever it is they come of from. Of us. Of us. I think maybe um, just like the Yellow Brick Road or something like that. Yeah? Yeah, I think... You could go along that. Yeah, Munchkinland or Oz or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I could I walk so. along that. Yeah. Well, that's what it's made for. This road, Let's do that then. This Yellow Brick Road was made for walking, and that's what we gone do. <laughs> yes. Yeah? Let's do it then. Yellow Brick Road. Hmm. Peter, who's today's first question from? Uh, this first question is from Trevor Price. That's Trevor Price. Dun dun. Trevor Price says, Hi guys, what gaming quote has stuck with you? I've recently replayed Bioshock and there are many that stick in my head. Thanks, bon pon bon pon. <laughs> yes, that's sort of Ben Peter, Ben Peter. Um, bon, bon, bon. In Brian form. Thank you, Trevor yeah. Price. Thank um, you. 
I had to I had to think quite hard about this uh, for there aren't there aren't that many games that uh, where their quotes have like really stuck with me after the fact. I think there's lots of games that I think are quite you know quite well written and they come out with some pearls of wisdom, but I don't always uh, find myself uh, thinking of them thinking of those quotes beyond the gameplay experience. But I did remember one that I thought was quite good from um, from Uncharted 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Drake, uh, obviously, he he talks a lot about greatness from small beginnings and stuff. That's uh, Is that Francis Drake? Is that where he got that originally from? It's on his ring. Yeah, Sick Harvest from... Magnet. That was yeah. actually one I was going to talk about because it's tattooed on me. Oh, of course it is. Well, I mean, I might be about to undermine you slightly with the one I'm going to give you how, here. How could you do this to me? Which is from the ending of Uncharted 3, where Sully gives Drake the ring. Drake and says, like, huh, I guess great things did come from small beginnings after all. That's definitely what he says. And he definitely doesn't say, look, kid. Uh, he says something like, we don't get to choose our beginnings in life. Uh, it's real greatness is what you do with the hand you're dealt, which I yes. think is very good. It's definitely that is very that good. Second sentence is definitely right, but I, yeah, it's like we don't get to choose how we how we start. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really good. I think it's you know uh, a lot of people talk about um, sort of working hard to get to get what you want in life versus people who are born with with privilege and so on and uh whether you've got small beginnings or big beginnings whether you've got the privilege or not um i think there's there's a lot to be said for setting your sights on a dream and going yeah i'm i'm going to do it um mm-hmm. of course sometimes things get in the way like the way you're treated by others and uh you know pe- other people's prejudices but certainly it's no bad way to live than than trying to look at the hand you're dealt with and make the best make the best of it and do what you can absolutely. so uh, a wonderful sentiment yeah yeah absolutely um so that was the that was the big one i could think of mm. um i suppose one other one that i thought of which uh i have to be slightly lateral with it um at the end of Halo 2, when, spoilers, the Master Chief has to leave Cortana in uh, the Flood spaceship, and then he has to go back to Earth and leave her behind. Um, she, He says, like, I'll come back and get you. And she says, don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. And then in Halo 3, he sort of remembers her saying that again. So it's sort of doubled down, this quote. So it's quite a memorable one within mm. the Halo trilogy. And, I mean, that's definitely... That's those are wise words to live by. Don't make anyone a promise if you know you can't keep it, but certainly not a girl or no. perhaps your significant other. Um, so that is definitely that. Those are wise words. I don't make promises I can't keep, as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hope not. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was going to say uh, I've I've got some of some of the more sort of serious and philosophical ones, but also. I've I've just sort of I've remembered a couple of perhaps more light-hearted ones. Okay, well I've got one of those if you if you do yours I can Well, I was going to suggest for you what about trouble trouble with the trolley, eh? Trouble with the trolley, eh? Well, the one that I think uh tr- sort of straddles the line between silly and philosophical is um before you fight 
uh, Jacques, he's called in Spyro 1. He's like a jack-in-a-box-based enemy or themed themed boss. Uh, before you fight him, you free a dragon. And uh, Spyro says, any advice before this battle? And this, like, wise old dragon goes, hmm, advice, let me see. Yes, well, a wise dragon once told me, aim high in life, but watch out for flying boxes. Which is like... It sounds like it's meant to be metaphorical, but when you fight the boss, he just throws flying boxes at you. So I I quite like the idea that, you know, there's this pearl of wisdom that is very specific to the only one scenario, and it's not going to be useful for you at all for the rest Mm -hmm. of of your game. So, yeah. Uh, But Trouble with the Trolley A is one as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of those quips stick with people. Mm. Uh, Demon Souls, the, uh, the... I'm trying to remember her name now. Goodness me, I've only I've only just finished playing it as well. She always says, uh, "Touch the demon inside of me when you're right. leveling up." And it's oh. like, oh, that's that's a bit weird. But it's a okay. bit saucy, really. Yeah, absolutely. I also learned the term uh, or the phrase, I should say, to smell you later from Pokemon Blue. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Gary says it quite a lot. Smell you later, and then he walks off. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> What's he talking about? Why would he want to smell me later? It's a bit of a weird thing to say when you really stop and think about it, isn't it? Yeah, when you're first exposed to that phrase. Um, obviously, as uh, Trevor says, Bioshock, there's plenty of amazing stuff in there. Mm. A lot of it very uh, uh, sort of... Ayn Rand? Is that how it's Ayn yeah, Rand? Yeah, Ayn Rand. That's how you, yeah, um, sort of quotes in there. Uh, I Again, another one of my tattoos is the, uh, is, is the quote... Um, Oh, goodness me. My brain is all over the place this morning. A uh, man chooses a slave obeys yeah. with the with the chain that he has on his wrist mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, and that that particular quote I thought was very good, very powerful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's all sorts. I'm trying to remember another one as well. All I can think now is trouble with the trolley. <laughs> right. That's the only thing that is dominating <laughs> my brain currently. So we may have to just leave the discussion there because I did make I, I did remember one this morning and it's gone now. I remember a lot of the rapidly or so frequently recycled um, Simpsons hit and run ones that you would just hear over and over and over, like yeah, just Bart going like a candy wrapper in an in an updraft, yeah, and yeah. Bart would go, "Ah, oh, my ovaries," which is. <laughs> From an episode of The Simpsons, but also whenever you bumped into anything, that would be one mm-hmm. of the things he would say. Um, there was a particular mission in that game where I think you were playing as Lisa, mm. and I think you were picking up the fish, but they, they appeared to already be fried when you were picking them up. You know those constant missions where you'd have to bump yeah. into the back of a car and it would drop stuff? Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of tartar sauce before. Okay. But there was just a particular way that she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prevent you from being dipped in tartar sauce or something like that. Right. That, again, really stuck with me. And I don't know if maybe it's just because I had to play that mission endlessly because it mm. was really hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, plenty of, plenty of weird video game quotes knocking around. Yeah, just ones that aren't even... They're not a soundbite. They're not like a, a, a cool little nugget of wisdom or humor or anything. It's just maybe you heard it way more times than anything else. Like I, if, if I think about GTA 3, all I can think about is in the opening cutscene where 8-Ball says, uh, 
I know a place in the red light district where we can lay low, but my hands are all messed up, so you better drive, brother. That's just... <laughs> I remember the entire thing, word for word, and even doing the accent that maybe I shouldn't have done, but I've done it now, so... Mm, it's happened. And it's, you know, it's not, peace with that. it's not a quote that I would get tattooed on myself. My hands are all messed up, so you better drive, brother. Mm. But you can't... I'll never forget that exact wording. What about Cousin Let's Go Bowling? Yeah, of course. Another yeah. important one. Mm. There are many, many, there many. There are many. So many, in fact, that another one popped into my head. And then I thought of Cousin Let's Go Bowling, and then that overwrote it. And now it's gone. And now it's gone again. So there we go. There's mm. there's just a few things that have stuck with us. I'm sure there are plenty, plenty more. Yeah. Uh, but they are they are buried, and they would need to be jogged from memory for sure. Oh, I remember now what it was. Yeah. There was an opening cinematic in Kill Zone 2 where... The, the big bad leader of the hell the hellgast and wow don't they sound like good guys they do uh there's there's a particular line he gives a really sort of stirring and horrifying speech to his armies and his people and there's one line in there where he says generations yet unborn will cry out in anguish it's wow like, jesus christ and that's that stuck with me not in a i'm going to get that tattooed on me way uh but certainly in a that was quite a powerful bit of writing, I think. Yeah, there's lots that sound like they could be on a, you know, on a statue or a headstone or in a textbook mm. that don't actually have no relevance to us in our lives whatsoever. Like, you know, I, I was thinking when I was writing an answer for this question ahead of time, I was just going through slightly more profound quotes in my head, and I kept thinking of war. War never changes, but yeah. that has no bearing on my life whatsoever. It's no. just a, a bit of a, again, a bit of a soundbite. It's of definitely a, a tattoo line. someone's got, though. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Maybe yeah. someone who's in the armed forces or something. Yeah, but, uh, potentially. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's, before we get bogged down in even more quotes. Oh, I remembered another one. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's time for another section. It's a section it where we talk about stuff that we've been doing. It's a new section. We've never done it before. Peter, are you ready? I'm so ready. It's time for what we play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we play in. Peter, what are you play in? Uh, I have spent the, the whole week doing a little recap play of a game whose sequel is coming out today or being delivered today to my house mm. at time of recording. Uh, at time of publishing, it's been out for a few days, but I've not yet received a copy. Therefore, I can't tell you anything about it because it's not. I've not played it yet. Uh, but I've been playing the original Little Nightmares this week um, and the DLC. I thought because it's one of those worlds, um, a bit like, I guess, a bit a bit like Dark Souls in a way. Not in a kind of, this is the souls born of, uh, of, of uh, Tim Burton games. But it's mm. one of those worlds that has this deliberately ambiguous lore, but has just enough in there that, like, you can almost piece together what's happening or certainly you can piece together your own story that like has total internal consistency based on like assumptions that you've made and stuff so i thought look the sequel's coming out i'm really excited for it i really enjoyed the first one but it's been a little while since i played the original and the dlc and uh you know maybe there'll be extra nuggets of information in the second one to to back up the first or vice versa you know there might be things that i've forgotten about from the first um, to help me understand the second one better. So I thought, you know, best best do that, best get through it. And wow, I still really love that game. Um, <laughs> not just the art style, of course, which is probably most kind of 
the, the most iconic thing about it. But uh, really, like it, they really they really went into they, they put a lot of effort into uh, how can I put it? I well, I guess the presentation, but not just from a graphical fidelity point of view. Like uh, quite often, there's like very subtle camera panning and movement as you're walking around a an area like that you can tell that they've actually gone to the effort of putting in some really subtle direction in there um and the the bit where you get chased by all the hungry the hungry monsters who are there to feast and gorge you know there's like a whole sea of obese goblin men and women chasing you and that's really really well done it's just it's very much just a scripted uh you know predetermined event but the way it's done is uh really quite intense with the music and uh yeah wow i really love it and uh mm-hmm. i'm i'm hoping that the enemy designs or the boss designs in the second game will live up to those of the first who i thought were all very unique but had their own terrifying aspects about them you know the big as i say the big scary gluttonous uh lardos who've come mm-hmm. to eat the children uh, there was the the scary blind man who was had his eyes wrapped up and really really long arms. He was horrible. Uh, yeah, the, the teleporting, breaking the mirror woman. Yeah, the woman who sort of stands looking in the mirror, humming, just really creepily. Uh, then there was the granny from the DLC who was like a water woman, uh, who was horrible too. So all sorts, there's all sorts to go at, and I realised as well just how um how into it some of the community members are in terms of like breaking down the universe and trying to work out what's going on like there's a theory now that the i think it's called the tall man who's in a lot of the promotional material for little nightmares 2 who's kind of like a slender man sort of character is very long and thin uh some people are thinking that like maybe he could be the uh the hanged man that you see very early on in the game. Like, one of the first rooms you walk through, there's just a pair of legs in the foreground, like, between Six and the camera. Uh, he's just dangling from the ceiling. It's clearly, uh, you know, some, something's happened in that room, and God knows what. But uh, people are saying that his legs look similar to those of the tall man, and, you know, it's, a, it's very rich. Well, people are assuming it's a very rich and uh, elaborate tapestry of lore, and... Uh, I, I can't wait to find out more. So, my goodness. That's all I've been playing this week. It's taken up the the bulk, well, the, not the bulk, all of my time. Um, nice. How far through it are you? Then? I finished it. Oh, you um, finished it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so you're uh, ready? You're ready to jump in? I'm ready, and it should be here today. Um, so I'll probably just play it tonight at this point, because we've, like we've got the stream and stuff to do this afternoon, time recording. So, um, yeah. yeah, this evening I will... Jump back in. Fantastic. Do you reckon you'll do a quip scope on it? I, I will do, yeah. So yeah. theoretically, take it with a pinch of salt, but theoretically there will have been a, a quip scope uh, that went out on Friday, I think, on the channel. Mm. So have a look at that. Well, look forward to that. I'm very excited to see it. It's one of those games that I'm morbidly, like Resi 8. Yeah. I'm morbidly fascinated by, but I don't want to play mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I'm brave enough to watch, yeah. but like, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to press the buttons and stuff. You know? No, no, a bit much for me. 
you're lucky. The playing of the game was a bit much for me. You're lucky that it's not a co-op game because uh, you do <laughs> seemingly have an AI-controlled companion throughout, but it's a single player only. And uh, I'm okay with co-op in horror. Right, I can okay. do that. Yeah. If I'm not by myself, I'm okay. Because there would have definitely been an obligation for you to play it with me on stream if it had I been co-op. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. I would have been. I would have been there, having your back, running yeah. away. Yeah. You know, staying as far away as possible. That sort of stuff. Well. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, Peter. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting a bit tired of Call of Duty Warzone. Oh no! I think it's been in March. It will have been a year since it launched. Yeah. And there's still no new map. Oh. We've been playing in the same map for nearly twelve months now, and couple that with the fact that when I played it this week, I just died a lot and didn't have much fun. Mm. I am sort of misplacing my frustration on the map instead of my own abilities yeah but also i think there's been a there's been a call for a while now for a new map i don't know if they're working on one i think a lot of people expected there to be a new map when uh, cold war launched last year yeah but there wasn't and you know you look at Fortnite, you look at apex other battle other very popular battle royales with seasonal updates they get new places and new maps every so often yeah and we haven't had any of that. Yeah. I want some of that in my free game that I don't <laughs> pay for. Uh, so, yes, I think I'm going to perhaps not play it for a little while now, although just watch when I come back next week and say, I've been playing some Warzone. Playing loads, loads of Warzone. I mean, great loads time. of fun, yeah, with my friends. <laughs> but, God, I really want a new map for that place. Um, because as with any any multiplayer game, it just sort of reaches critical mass where where a certain sector players just get so good that it almost becomes unplayable for everyone else. Oh, of course, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I don't know how the matchmaking works, but man, I, I was having a rough time. Anyway, mm-hmm. that was that. I played the new Zombies map, Firebase Z or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's Firebase something or other. Pretty cool. You go through a portal. I think it's set in Vietnam. There's all sorts of new... There there are what are called mimics, and there's sort of like a collectible on the floor, and you go to pick it up, and then a giant xenomorph-style... Uh, what are they called from Dead Space? Oh, um... Oh. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look it up now. I'll know when I see it. Those. I want to say... Like it's got crypto in it, but it's not. It's got another similar endomorphs. Uh, yeah, um, big big buff aliens. Dead space. Yeah, monster name. Yeah. Everyone's screaming it there. Necromorphs. There it that's is. It. I knew it was morph something. Yeah, that's why I was thinking cryptomorph. Um, Necromorphs. Yeah, like that with sort of the big pincery things over their shoulders and they can pick you up and throw you around yeah there's also big armored guys who like shoot they're almost quite doom-esque actually they they have sort of cannons on them and oh. they fire them at you um but it's pretty good i i like it i've only played a couple of rounds in it seems fun yeah. it's uh it's a lot bigger than the other one and uh, it was free so you know recommended that's okay Played some more Persona 5 Royal. Obviously, that is my current obsession. Forgot to mention it last week, but I'm actually playing through it with a guide because... I thought you say with a guy. With a guy. Mm. Uh, he's called Walkthrough. Yeah. And um, 
because obviously my aim here is to just get through the game so I can play Persona 5 Strikers, which I did play a little bit of, and we did a quip scope on earlier this week. It's out at the end of the month. Um, but my goal was to finish Persona 5 Royal before that, you know, properly comes out so I can play it being completely reminded of what's going on, etc., etc. And uh, so I'm following a walkthrough because I do, because obviously Persona 5 Royal's got a load of new stuff in it and I don't want to yeah. miss anything. And I also want to sort of see the stuff that I missed out on the first time I played Persona 5. Mm. So I am playing it all the way through and it's it's interesting because obviously in a recent podcast when we answered questions about games that were just a bit too long, I said Persona 5. Yeah. Persona 5 Royal is that, but more. But longer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm still really enjoying it and I have actively seen a lot of stuff I haven't I, I didn't before, like, you know, maxed out social links and stuff because this walkthrough is fantastic and it's telling me what to do and stuff. Uh, I don't know if perhaps well, I do know that I'm missing out on the adventure by not making decisions for myself but mm. i have played persona 5 before so i have done that and i have experienced that uh, this is purely a way to expedite the process while still enjoying myself and playing through and seeing everything um so yeah about 50 hours into that now done four palaces um and then it'll be persona 5 strikers but persona 5 strikers very 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 good and fans of persona 5 should definitely get it when it's out in a couple of weeks time yeah Oh, excellent. That's what we play. That's what we play. Fantastic. Uh, we've got a question here, Ben. Mm. Give it to us. It's from Stephen Conroy, mm. who says, Hi, Pen and Beta. Oh. My question is simple, I guess. What's your biggest guilty pleasure game? A game that you know might not be technically brilliant or has been or has been panned critically, but you always enjoy slash enjoyed it when you've loaded it up. Hmm. So I had to think long and hard about one that I was sort of thinking present tense at first. Um, so mm. I was like, do I have one at the moment? Like, I think most of or all of the games I play right now are kind of cherry picked to be, you know, I, I play the good ones that, you know, most people really enjoy critically have, have gone down well. Um, I think the closest one I could think of which I've talked extensively about before on the podcast, is that I, I am a bit of a defender gameplay-wise of Battlefront 2, uh, mm. which you know didn't go down well for loot crate reasons and other kind of practices. So that's that's probably something of an answer. Um, but I had to, I sort of had to go back in time, really, to think of ones that I really, really loved unapologetically, um, even though they, they weren't reviewed well uh, at the time. So going back to history... Um, the Phantom Menace game, I really, really liked. Um, it's <laughs> I like that one too, even though I don't think wonky, I ever finished it. But and it like it's glitchy and weird things happen, and uh, you know you can fall through the floor, and oh, it's just kind of a bit rubbish. But it's just great too. And in some aspects, I think the things that I enjoy are the bits that you know even a reviewer who gave it a harsh score probably would have said overall you know this is a four out of ten but this thing is really good and you know those are the things that i enjoy too so for example there's two levels set um on tatooine when qui-gon is is hanging around in mos esper where anakin lives and those are really good they're sort of almost rpg style where you have to go around and like trade for pod racer parts and but they're still like these other there's like combat encounters in it as well it's quite well scripted and uh designed like the way they've done the map and put everything together so 
really like all that but even just the bad stuff like i i like how rubbish it looks and the, <laughs> some of the voice acting's very off um what yeah. about mass murdering gungans in the in the gungan city absolutely and if you um I, i've seen a uh uh what do you call it uh jeez uh, i'm also struggling today a speed run i kept hmm. wanting to say a live stream uh, a speed run of the game and there's one glitch that you have to do where they they like sequence break it and get through a wall they're not supposed to or something like that and then for the rest of the uh the level these gungans are going like don't hurt us don't hurt us don't hurt us it just keeps (laughs) looping god and i think the same thing happens later in the coruscant level where you leave the queen behind when you're not supposed to and for the rest of the 10 minute level she just keeps saying more hover cannons will be coming just on loop forever and ever and ever um so it it's yeah it's a really wonky game but i loved almost every moment of it Um, i'm so impressed by how open-ended it is in terms of there are obviously linear bits to it but there's mm. so many parts where you can just do what you want including just murdering people with no consequences yeah yeah if you kill too many people you do tend to get a game over, but you can kill a lot of people before that you happens. Can. You can kill so many people. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and then on top of that, I was trying to think of other games that uh, I really liked or still like, uh, despite their review score. And I guess one that I know didn't actually review that well uh, was A Bug's Life on PS1. Um, that's a very... It's quite an ugly game, really, and uh, doesn't play that well. Like, the momentum when you run around is very strange, and given that it's got you know, a fair few platforming uh, uh, areas in it, it's, uh, you know, it's probably not... It doesn't play the way it should, really, but um, mm. I do love it. It's In a similar way, it's very charming, and, uh, yeah, a great soundtrack and uh, some unique levels. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that very much. Nice. What about you? You got any current guilty pleasures, or are you doing it? Uh, you, are you cutting into your gaming past? I'm cutting into my gaming past, but not mm. too far back. Well, actually, God, maybe it is a bit far back now—seven, eight years. Yeah, Goodness. <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, I'm a massive David Cage apologist. That mm. is not a secret. I have a signed david cage poster not of david cage but just (laughs) of beyond two souls signed by david cage Mm. i think he's brilliant but also kind of terrible and i love his games because they are well while you there there are a lot more games like it now you know until dawn really tapped into that sort of genre and the telltale games really stepped up a notch as well but in terms of like making decisions and having ripple effects and uh, as a game taking itself very seriously as a piece of dramatic fiction, I don't think there are many places that do what he does and he and his team do. Yeah. And so I'm a big fan of his. And I am. I really like Beyond Two Souls. And it's not a good game. It's probably one of his worst. And the story's nonsensical. It's my least favorite of the ones we've played together. <laughs> yeah, it, but the timeline is all over the place. And I know you can now play it chronologically, but you know he designed it to be all over the place. It, it's, it's just got you know. Sometimes the gameplay just slows to a crawl. And now you're going to be walking along a highway for two minutes, mm. just holding forwards, and. <laughs> It's it's really bad in a lot of ways, but 
again as sort of as sort of the only person or the only team I should I should say working in that field I still found it to be such a unique experience especially as it was like it was such a pretty game like it was a really good looking yeah, game that's true uh, it is definitely single-handedly the reason Willem Dafoe and Elliot Page will never <laughs> be in a video game ever again because I think they got very burned yeah uh, but I, I played it at the time and I was fully aware of how janky and wonky and kind of bad it was but I really like I really liked it the whole time I was playing it I really liked it just because there's nothing there's nothing else like it there's nothing else like that game yeah and um, so yeah definitely I think that game certainly qualifies as a as a guilty pleasure because you should feel guilty I think yeah <laughs> about about unironically liking that game and I do good <laughs> And I feel guilt. No, I don't. I actually, I really like that game. That's why I've still got that blooming poster. That's why I've got the steel book of the PS3 release. Yeah. The special edition. Um, yeah, big fan of that game. She's a slaughtered a witch. Yes. Yeah, the best. That's another quote. It is. Slut and a witch. She's a slut and a witch. That's a quote from that game. She's both of those things. She is. That's a fact. Anyway, it is time to move on, Peter. Uh, it is. Just, just oh, a second. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Peter, what you got? Uh, I have actually, I saw a, a story that was, although it was written in September 2020, it was sort of doing the rounds again on social media this week. And I can't mm. believe we missed it at the time. So I've decided to bring it along today, partly because, as I say, it's kind of resurfaced on social media this week. Um but just in case you want some actual real recent weird news, I've also found one this morning that I can basically deliver in one line. So here's some actual contemporary news. 14 hours ago on thegamer.com, um, 
Game developer uses sketchy company name to trick Steam users. Uh, basically, a game called Emoji Evolution has come out on Steam. And uh, let me just send you this image, Ben. Uh, on on Let's send it on Slack. Uh, so when you play a game on Steam, or sorry, when you look at a game on Steam on the store page, mm. there's a thing that says recent reviews and all reviews. And it'll say mixed or mostly positive or mostly negative. And then in the same info box below, it says the developer and publisher name. The developer and publisher, is, it's the same company with this game, they've called themselves Very Positive. So oh. if you're not paying attention, you see the words Very Positive written twice in I the do. Steam info box <laughs> for Emoji Evolution. So uh, that's causing a bit of an issue over at Steam at the moment, debating whether can we... Can we police this? That's based, that's just that's their name, and if that's what they want to be called, what do we do about it? That is so, so cheeky. It is really, really cheeky. So uh, if that doesn't really make sense to to listeners, um, you know, we always we have links in our link dump, and it, it it makes a lot of sense when you see it visually in front of you. But yeah, basically, the company have called themselves very positive, which means they're able to somewhat trick people who aren't paying attention on Steam. Uh, oh thank you, thegamer.com. But here's another, uh, a, a more interesting story, perhaps. Also from mm-hmm. thegamer.com, actually, I've just realized. How an ionizing particle from outer space helped a Mario speedrunner save time. Um, which is, okay. it, it's bizarre. Um, and some people might be aware of the first half of this story, but I wasn't aware of the conclusion. So... Uh, Super Mario 64 speedrunner Dota underscore Teabag received some cosmic help from an ionizing particle resulting in an impossible glitch. Um, So, during a uh, Super Mario 64 70-star speedrun race against mid-boss, Dota Teabag encountered a glitch widely considered to be completely impossible in-game. An up-warp without a grabbable ceiling. Uh, this means that Mario was teleported extremely high into the air um, and he basically went through the roof of the room he was in. Normally you would have to climb all the way up this thing and go through a certain hole, but he jumped up like right to the top of this climb that you normally have to do and was like on top of the the bit that you have to get through. And uh, it's something that is, people have tried to replicate. Um, in fact, it says here that Super Mario 64 player Panencoek12... Um, put a $1,000 bounty on anyone who could figure out how to replicate the glitch because it would wow. save loads of time on the speedrun. So this is like a big story that goes back quite a long time in speedrunning community that I've seen videos on before. Um, and people just weren't able to do it. They were like, we don't know how this has happened. It's not replicable at all. People were like creating custom sort of machines to frame by frame replicate every movement and controller input um that dota teabag did in his video and it wasn't happening but so here we go um uh in the glitch hunt that would follow numerous speedrunners tried their hands at replicating this glitch uh but no one was able to pull it off um even when replicating exactly the inputs that dota teabag used 
Simple answer though is that this glitch requires a phenomenon known as a single event upset, which is very much out of any player's control. A single event upset is, is a change of a binary state in a bit, either from a 0 to a 1 or vice versa, caused by an ionizing particle colliding with a sensitive microelectronic device. This occurs because of a discharge in the storage elements after a free charge is created by ionization of the particle near the node, which means nothing to me. Wow. Uh, but the long and short of it is cosmic particles that enter the Earth's atmosphere from space will collide with atmospheric atoms, leading to a sort of rain of photons and neutrons, which can affect electronic devices they contact. Um, and, I mean, this is a very beefy article, but basically what happened was the person who set that bounty to try and find, uh, you know, how to replicate this glitch um, created a bit of software so that while he's playing the game, uh, or maybe he's got a machine playing the game, doing the exact inputs that Dota Teabag did, this software then flips a bit in the virtual uh, emulation of the game and... That's that then replicated this this upwarp. So if they finally were able to replicate the uh, the glitch, uh, but only by doing a sort of fake uh, cosmic ray coming in from space and interacting with the console. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, down the bottom it says uh, the odds of a single event upset flipping a bit in that way that actually benefits a speedrunner are so astronomically small, maybe comparable to a Minecraft speedrunner getting an end portal with 12 natural ender eyes, a one in a trillion occurrence. Uh, And the best bit is that the last paragraph says, most single event upsets result in hardware malfunctions requiring devices to need reboots. Uh, In extreme cases, these upsets have caused planes to fall out of the sky and elections to give thousands of impossible additional votes to candidates. So for an upset to actually play the good guy for once and help a speedrunner out with his video game is pretty darn cool. Thanks, Particle. Wow. So it's pretty pretty wild that something that people hunted for, I think, years, really, Mm -hmm. trying to replicate this glitch, uh, they they were... Chasing stardust, really, is well, not even dust, starlight. Starlight. Did they yeah. get paid? Well, no, because it was the guy who set the bounty was um, the guy who discovered that that's what it was. So he was the one who who replicated it with this uh, fake, uh, fake cosmic particle simulation software that he made. So I hope uh, he, he would have had to himself. Hope he paid himself. Yeah. Yeah, to a nice meal or something. Yeah. Wow. God, a bit of cosmic intervention there. Yeah, absolutely. How it's bizarre. Weird to think that it was in a in a speedrun race and it's never going to happen again, naturally. No. no. Mm. But it was caught on camera. It was. Yeah. Amazing. So there we go. Time for your weird news. Okay, my weird news. It comes from Polygon.com mm-hmm. and Patricia Hernandez. The headline is, The Pokemon Happy Meal at McDonald's is getting ruined by greedy adults. Oh, no. Yeah, of course it is. Hmm. Right now, Select McDonald's are celebrating the 25th anniversary of Pokemon with a promotion that turns the iconic Happy Meal box into Pikachu's face. Bundled with this cherubic, 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 
Chimchim Cherubic container are 50 collectible cards, including some rarer holographic cards. And some people are mass buying Happy Meals to get their hands on them. God's sake. It goes on to give a little bit of a, an update on the situation surrounding Pokemon cards in that apparently they're really uncommon at the moment. Booster oh. packs at uh, uh, big retailers are really difficult to find. There's every nearly every week there's a new record broken for the dollars people are spending on old school packs, etc. Mm. The McDonald's promotion, in other words, never stood a chance. Folks are waking up early to stake out what McDonald's are selling the new Happy Meals. Some are apparently buying the Happy Meals in mass numbers in the hopes of getting all the collectibles and just throwing out the food. Jesus. Some McDonald's are even placing restrictions on buying the Happy Meals, though scalpers are reportedly already turning around and selling the individual cards for a markup. Some customers are going around to multiple restaurants, unable to find a single Happy Meal. On websites like eBay, entire boxes of the cards are, or, or sealed packs are going for hundreds of dollars. It's unclear if the boxes are being bought behind the scenes or if they're being swiped by employees. God. So then there's a load of embedded tweets. There's someone on eBay who's selling Pokemon 25th Anniversary McDonald's promo 150 packs sealed box with signature $1,000 oh my god and there's loads of listings on eBay $800 uh, there's a guy here who's tweeted, Tonight at 8pm EST, we'll be opening up some McDonald's Pokemon 25th Anniversary packs alongside uh, alongside what? Alongside of Rebels Clash packs and the rest of the something something live on Twitch. So this guy is like promoting his Twitch stream. He's taken a photo of a table at home and it looks like there are 20 Happy Meals oh, that he's wow. got on his counter. And he's a, he's a small small time guy, by which I mean he doesn't have many followers and he was clearly trying to promote his Twitch and all the replies are essentially cheers, son's crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers, people are starving, probably sitting on the street outside of that McDonald's in the cold, and you're mm-hmm. going, you're you're binning. I suppose they're not. These people probably aren't even going into McDonald's to buy it. They're probably, as you say, there's like people scalping online and selling whole boxes and yeah, yeah. But absolutely, uh, someone here tweeted. I decided to go to McDonald's to grab some of the new Pokemon card packs. Since you couldn't buy the pack separately, I bought ten Happy Meals, Jesus and I'll be giving out the food to homeless in the area. So that's okay. that's good. Yeah, giving out the food to homeless. At least do that. Still, though, it's for children, guys. (laughs) Stop buying 10 Happy Meals. Please. That's ridiculous. Uh, So, yeah, some mass buyers are even experiencing a healthy dose of karma. And then it doesn't even tell us what the karma is. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Oh, now the tweet is unavailable that they link to. But Uh, it's wild to see the fervor around the cards reach such a fever pitch that actual kids probably won't be able to get a product partially made for them too. McDonald's did not immediately provide Polygon with a comment. Uh, So there we are. If you're in America, certain parts, apparently there's a Pokemon promotion, but you're probably not going to get it because of adults. I think the uh, the quote from McDonald's to uh, to Polygon would have just been a diabolical evil movie villain laugh as they yes. sit on top of their piles of money, not really caring about the fact that children are sad. Because hey, mm. we're selling Happy Meals. You can you can like Pokemon as an adult, right? 
That's yeah. allowed. I like Pokemon as an adult, not as much as some other people. I'm not a huge fan of the new Pokemon games at all. Um, mm. I'm, my my love for Pokemon is mainly rooted in nostalgia and yeah. what it was in the late 90s. But um, it is possible to like Pokemon and not be a dick. And yeah. seemingly that, you know, it's the internet and that that increasingly doesn't, that line doesn't seem to exist for a lot of people, which is a real shame. Uh, I think that was very evident with the release of Sword and Shield, which, again, I wasn't a huge fan of. But some people were just furious about it, perhaps not taking into consideration that these games are for children, and the further away from being a child you are, perhaps the less these games are going to be for you. Um, you can just, dislike, you can like or dislike a game without, you know, avoiding, without completely ignoring the who the game is for. You know, I don't yeah. like Fortnite... But I appreciate that Fortnite isn't for me. But equally, there are some adults who like Fortnite and probably take it way too seriously um, without realising that it's it's designed for children. I mean, without opening a can of worms, that's very much how I feel about uh, My Little Pony, which is oh, okay. like, I don't, I don't care if you're an adult who likes My Little Pony or if you're a boy who likes My Little Pony because it's for girls, right? Lol. Because they're ponies. Like, I, it's for anyone who wants to enjoy it. But... Um, I get very uncomfortable. I see like uh, pictures on Reddit and stuff where uh, you know people have made all kinds of fan art of My Little Pony, mm-hmm. um, and it it worries me that children out there, and maybe even children nowadays, don't like My Little Pony because it's got this association. But uh, I, I worry about kids like googling My Little Pony and coming across. Absolutely horrible, like corrupting pictures and videos and stuff. Mm. Um, it's the same with the. Uh, I've seen stuff on Reddit where like people have gone out in their fursona suits into into public places and like children are cuddling them because they think they're just big mascot people. You know, like people in big mascot suits. And hey, if you're if all you're doing is going out dressed as a furry, then that's probably okay. But some people, and it's not everyone. They do more than just dress as a furry in their fursuit. And when I see photos of children cuddling people in their furry suits in the street, it just makes me feel very weird. Um, And Mm. yeah, so... And the other thing I was going to say before was just... I flipping hate uh, scalpers. I nearly said scousers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. God. How many more groups do you want to marginalise in this tirade? All of Liverpool. Send Send them away somewhere. No, I really hate scalpers. Like, again, Mm. you can enjoy Pokemon as an adult if you want to. And if you want to go and get some Happy Meals uh, to to benefit from the card that comes with it, I mean, preferably don't buy an arse load of them. Just get yourself a Happy Meal and enjoy the card. But people who are buying boxes and boxes and boxes of them just so they can then sell them on for profit, that's even worse than buying boxes and boxes of them for for yourself to enjoy. Mm. Um yeah, scalpers, man. Like PS5, you know, that was a whole thing uh, with scalpers. Still is, yeah. Still is, yeah. Bonkers. And to, to clarify what I said about Pokemon, I, I just want to make it very clear that if if you're an adult who enjoys Pokemon and didn't and doesn't enjoy the recent games, that doesn't mean you can't complain. It doesn't mean mm. you can't demand or expect higher quality games if there are things genuinely wrong with the game. But it is worth bearing in mind, and, you know, you do... You do see a lot of the the broader sort of internet chatter about recent Pokemon games, especially from like the hardcore adult audience. 
seemingly miss the point a bit that actually Pokemon perhaps isn't aimed at them. Yeah. And that's that's maybe why they don't like it as much as they liked the old ones. I mean, I've made peace with that because the, I know these new games aren't for me. I would love it if they made another Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu or whatever and set it, you know, remade one of the old games or whatever. But um, yeah, just adult fans of things that that kids like, that's okay, but don't ruin it for the kids. It's like um, the Star Wars prequels. Like People complained about Jar Jar Binks and stuff like that. And it's like, George Lucas has always maintained, particularly when the prequels came out, he was like, "I these are for kids. Like that is, That's who I'm mainly thinking of when I write and make these films. Like, yeah, everyone can enjoy them, but like, it's a ch- they're children's films, you know, or family films. Mm-hmm. So don't get het up about a Gungan or whatever. Yeah, the Gungans aren't there to hurt you. You can still yeah. hate the Gungans. Though. They're that's, there for us to hurt in the fine. Phantom Menace the Phantom PS1 Menace game. Video game. Yeah. yeah, don't buy all the Happy Meals, guys. No, stop it. Stop buying them. Even if you, you know, if you are going to do it, obviously give the food to to people more needy than yourself. Mm. But don't don't just buy don't buy ten Happy Meals. <laughs> stop it. It's not Please. for you. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, you know what's incredible about that conversation? What? definitely upset some people yeah probably we yeah. definitely upset some people there and i just like i don't know i give up sometimes because it's mm. like i don't think it's too controversial to say stop buying children's meals yeah they're not for they're not for adults but no anyway. they're not anyway let's move on hopefully they've stopped listening who knows right <laughs> probably not they'll they'll stay to the end and then complain or tweet yeah. us or something let's move on peter mm-hmm. to another question Yes, this is from uh, J- Josiah Miller. Yo- Josiah Miller. I hope I'd I'm say saying jo- that right. Josiah. I Josiah. Yeah. So. Um, apologies. Apologies for the butchery there. Good morrow, boys or girls. Long time freeloader, first time patron. Well, thank you very much for becoming a patron. Very, very much appreciated. For years, I've been trying to get my wife, hope I'm married, into video games, but never had much luck. Uh, uh, Never had much luck, more success. I guess it means all success. Never had much... No, there's no word luck there at all. I don't know where I got the word luck. I'm just... (laughs) Yeah. But never had much more success than the occasional round of Overcooked with me. Have you ever tried to sell video games uh, to a non-believer? And what game uh, would, would you have them play to understand everything you get out of them? Fix my wife. Thanks. Uh... Wow, really just everything you submitted from your name to your question there was chewed up and spat out by me. You're welcome. <laughs> excellent, uh, excellent work. So how can we fix Josiah's wife? Well, I mean, to go back, I nearly said this earlier when we were talking about it, but I thought I'd obviously save it for this question where it's most relevant. To go back to Persona 5, um, that is something that my wife-to-be was a big fan of, Um she she really enjoyed that and i think it's because i mean my my advice to get anyone into video games who doesn't like them broadly speaking um would be to find out exactly what it is that they don't like about video games or that they struggle with or find out the things that they like the most in other popular culture because i think those both of those boxes were ticked by persona 5 for uh for my fiance because she said Oh well, she. I know that she. She quite likes um, 
Japan as a country. Like she wants to go there and it like soak up the culture and stuff. So that obviously helps with the setting. She doesn't like real-time combat because she finds it stressful and she doesn't want to have to react to things that are actually happening in the immediate you know she doesn't want to have to uh, react instinctively to stuff she'd rather take it turn-based strategize you know it's much less stressful um and uh it's a very beautiful looking game as well it's nice to look at it's not just a gritty uh horrible military shooter so i think it's important to find out what people like and what people don't like unfortunately because Persona 5 is so long, as we were talking about before, I don't think she finished it in the end. I might be wrong. Maybe she did. But, um, you know, that's always a risk, is you might find a game that you think will help someone get into video gaming. But if if there's a... If there's something about it that could leave a sour taste, like, for example, this thing keeps going on and on and on and I'm, I'm not getting to the end, or... Uh, it can get really difficult later on in the game, which I think was actually another problem with Persona 5. Like sometimes you would have quite a lot to do in a short space of time and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's probably my advice is uh, kind of sit down and think about what do you like? What do you not like? And here's a bespoke game for you. And I think from that, then if if they can get the bug of enjoying sitting down of an evening on the sofa, spending a few hours playing games, that might be the incentive to then move on to other things, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's dexterity and familiarity with a controller is the hardest part for people who have never played or have very rarely played games. Um, The reaction times aren't there if if you don't know where the buttons are. And... Learning how to steer with the left stick and control the camera with the right stick is not something that comes to people immediately. That takes a lot of practice, something that I imagine most people listening to this podcast take for granted because we just we do it in almost every game that we play. Um, But people who've never played before, that's such an alien and weird concept to. I don't know what's. What's the best it's like way of describing? Like rubbing your belly it? and tapping your head at the same time. Exactly. Like you, yeah. yeah. Like you're to to be on the sofa, but inhabiting. Like you, you have to project your being into this character that's on the screen and use their perspective to control the camera. Is is a concept that's really hard <laughs> to get mm. used to uh, for people who've never really played games before. So as you said, shooters and even to an extent racing games are probably completely off the table yeah. um and third person sort of uh you know action adventure games or platformers or whatever like yeah third, third person can be absolutely absolutely a lot of games have uh sort of quote-unquote story difficulties now so when they when you do encounter combat or challenging sections they are either streamlined or massively simplified so people with people who either just don't have the time and just want to experience the game or people like newcomers to to games and series and franchises and genres can can get as much out of it or try to get as much out of it as well uh so you were talking about your fiance Mm. but my sister doesn't play any games at all and i gave her persona 4 golden and she completely fell in love with that game for similar reasons just because Far, you know, from a control perspective, very simple to play. Mm. And you know, if I gave her, if I gave her Warzone, she would probably struggle. I would imagine. Yeah. 
but you know games like that they they work so it's something that's not too difficult to control you can also perhaps try and play a game together something with a big narrative focus uh, like a god of war or like an uncharted and maybe you can take it you can either play it together or she watches you perhaps play it and you can get mm-hmm. just as much out of those games by watching i think than playing and you know she could play during the say platforming bits and you could play during the shooting bits uh and that that would perhaps be a good good place to start but i think largely you want to avoid games with with complex control schemes because that is it's going to be difficult it's going to be frustrating for for her i would imagine yeah there's a lot to be a lot a lot to be said about um sitting and watching as well you're right like uh you know i played through i think all four uncharted games um with for most of the time with amy just on the sofa next to me like enjoying the story and watching it um and uh, you know someone can get as much out of a video game as you just by watching it in that in that way like my dad used to watch me play um it's known more typically as open ttd now it's like an open source it's transport tycoon deluxe was the game (laughs) and it's now open source i had essentially the same game but it was released under the name locomotion but it's just uh it's you have like uh buses and trucks and trains and stuff and you move goods around and build a little empire um it's like a pc game and he really enjoyed that because he thought it was interesting like because especially early on in the game it starts in like the 19 I don't know, 1920s maybe. So it's all these like really old style banger cars like with big thin wheels like, you know, uh, I don't know exactly how you would describe it. But yeah, 1920s vehicles, trains as well, steam trains. And he thought it was really interesting to watch. Um, So yeah, finding something that someone will enjoy watching, that might actually be enough to get them uh, wanting to play. If they sit and watch you long enough and think man, it looks like you're having a really good time there. And, you know, I'm picking up, like, how this game works just by observing, like, maybe maybe I could have a go sort of thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's about getting people into something um, that ahead of time you already know that they are going to enjoy certain aspects of it rather than just plucking something out of nowhere and going, hey, I enjoyed this. Um, you might too. And it turns out to be nothing to do with uh, their interests or, you know, the, the kind of thing that they're going to, get something out of yeah beyond two souls that's the one yeah give her that and Mm. uh she'll be she'll be really into games i guarantee it bloodborne bloodborne's another good (laughs) shout yes (laughs) she'll love that it's time to move on peter to something rather large are you ready yes it is i've got it yeah yeah it's time for the big discussion big discussion It's Big Discussion time. Welcome, everyone, to the Big Discussion. This Big Discussion comes from Steve, who says, Hello, lads. Hope you're keeping safe and well. I was recently re-watching the Every Star Wars Game Ranked, being the big Star Wars fan I am. Maybe not as much as TP. (laughs) And it got me to thinking, given how amazingly far games have come in the last 30 years, where do you boys think they'll be in another 30 years? Will we be all Star Trek, like in Hollow Rooms? Or will we be, as Peter Kay put it, having a hobnob on the sofa with Yoda? Thanks for all your all the hard work, sorry. Keep it up. It's been a great distraction from the wonderful world we're currently in. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, Steve, for Thank you, the Steve. question and the Patreon support. Absolutely. Peter, it's 30 years in the future. 
Right, it's how? 2051. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> how are you currently enjoying games as a 60-year-old? I, oh, don't say that. I'm not 60 in 30 years. I mean, I am, you basically, are, yeah. but I'm not. I don't want to think. About, 30, is that all it is until I'm 60? That's I'm nothing. so. Wow. Okay, well, um, I, I wonder whether sort of the medium uh, or the, the interface will change as drastically as one could fantasize about it changing. Like, I would very much like it to be that we have hollow rooms or amazing VR that is essentially perfect and you can just put a headset on and then you're there and, you know, maybe you're even in some sort of pod or special treadmill that allows you... You know, you're not restricted by the room that you're in, which is a, a huge dis- uh, restriction at the moment of VR. Um, as much as I'd like to think that that will happen, I just wonder whether that's the case. I think with some technologies, things come on in leaps and bounds in its infancy, you know, in its first few decades, and then things tend to change less um i think the quality can improve obviously i think graphical fidelity in 30 years i think i'd like to think that games will almost be photorealistic i mean we're already very close to that i would say it's just there's definitely you know problems with the uncanny valley and there are still limits to like processing power and how many people you can have on screen at any one time doing individual things and all that sort of stuff but so I, th- I think in that respect, those sorts of things will be improved over time as years go on. And in 30 years' time, video games will be very, very, very realistic. Um, whether they're still on some sort of screen uh, or or something different to that entirely, it's very hard to predict, I think. I don't think it's an open and shut thing or, it's a, or a foregone conclusion that we will have a holodeck or even have... Um, almost limitless VR video games that allow us to do anything. As I say, I'd love that to happen, but I just don't know. I I just wonder whether um, the actual changes will slow down or are already slowing down. You know, things are very similar right now as they were ten years ago. Whereas twenty years ago, things I would probably I would say are a lot more different. Um, you know, in terms of rate of change. So. Yeah, what do you think? Do you disagree? Well, I'm I'm picturing the future. Yeah. I've just stepped out of my hover car mm-hmm. from from returning from work at the hover bank. On Mars. On Mars, yes. Yeah. And I'm about to sit down and play on my uh game game console infinity. Mm-hmm. And oh, here comes my my robot butler. Yeah. And they've brought me a delicious uh, monster vitamin. <laughs> yeah. And it's got all my daily nutrients in. And now I'm ready to play games. Mm-hmm. And I think that it will be beamed directly into my forehead in the yeah. in the gems that we've all got implanted in the future in our, in our brain. No, of course not. I think uh, frustrations will largely be gone. The frustrations that we face now, so there'll be no loading times. Yeah, uh, the frame rates will be obscenely high. We won't have to sit through the the pig in title slates at the whenever we start up a game 
I was like, did you know that this, sound, this game has Dolby surround sound in it? I was like, I don't give a flying <laughs> flip. I don't care. Show me that stuff the first time I boot up a game and never again. I don't mm. need to see it. I've, I've, you've got my money. What do you want? Um, I think streaming games and subscription services will be the most affordable and main way to play games. Yeah, I would say I so. I don't know that consoles will still exist at that time. And if they will, they'll likely be for nostalgic value, be that a sort of micro console sort of deal or, a, you know, like an NES mini kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they they will be for the, the true diehards, but they will be expensive, I would have thought. Um, the question of whether or not microtransactions and battle passes will have reached critical mass by then is something that concerns me a bit because we're seeing that encroaching more and more in almost every game. And in 30 years' time... I don't know if that will have sort of the bubble will have burst or if it will be just sort of every game is or almost every game is free and has a very complicated subscription model. Mm. And it's just a bit of a nightmare to navigate. I don't know if that hopefully that will have ended, but maybe it won't. Maybe it will be 10 times worse. Uh, I also don't know that VR will be the the way that we all play through. You know, games, I think that tech will have, will have massively improved, but I still think that it's probably not going to be... It's not going to be accessible for everyone. I don't think everybody wants that from games, even if it's incredible and really fun. I don't think it's, you know, you return from the hover bank in your hover car and you sit down. I don't know that everyone wants to put on a headset Yeah, it's a different games. experience, really. It's a different it thing. It is. You have to be in the mood for that now, and you'll definitely have to be in the mood for that in 30 years. Um However, in terms of the improvement of graphics, I think you're correct in that we still have some way to go, Mm. but it's not going to be the leap from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 4, for example, or even the leap from PS1 to PS2, you know, mid-90s to now. It is going to look better and it is going to run better. I think a lot of people have remarked about this current generation, this new one, has largely been defined so far at least by the speed that these games run yeah and the quality of the the gameplay experience that you're getting now compared to the to com- compared to the last generation and i imagine that's largely going to be the change that we're going to see however this is you know we are right at the very start of this generation mm. and i reviewed the first ps4 game for push square in 2013 or whatever it was which was call of duty ghosts and comparing how that game looked to how The Last of Us Part 2 looked yeah. is night and day. So even if we don't, there's not a sort of a discernible change day to day, week to week, month to month. When you're able to compare where we are now and in 30 years, I think there's going to be quite the leap. It's going to be really impressive, even if it's not, well, we used to have 2D 8-bit sprites yeah. and now we have 3D models. You know, we're not going to go into the fourth dimension or anything, but I do think that graphically things are going to be massively different and hugely impressive. So, I don't know. We'll see if there are as we discussed last week, only four companies making games then as well. <laughs> yeah, true. That, that's also of some concern, but yeah, I think that's that's it. Games are going to run better, they're going to look better. I think we'll largely be streaming them and uh, we'll see if it's sort of a microtransaction, battle pass, live service, mobile game hell. I hope it's not. It's so easy to like get, to, you know, to to run away with with yourself, like in terms of fantasy and and saying, oh well, there'll be games where it's like a simulation of an entire world, you know, 
like Minecraft in size, but um, in terms of quality, you know, something like you know, say The Last of Us or um, you know, like a a, a top end Ubisoft game, you know, it's this whole simulated world that's infinite and stuff. And even if that was possible, hardware wise. What what is that in terms of a game? There would be there would be one game like that taking that little niche of the market if that was possible. You know, it'd just be called World Sim. Go into this world and you can live a second life. But not it's not like everyone's going to be doing that because you can't tell a decent narrative with so much with such an open ended story like that. It's like someone handing you a. a a book and saying read this book it's great and you open it and all the pages are blank and the and it, the first page just says write your favorite story ever in this book and read it you know it's a bit like that so if people want to tell interesting stories about the likes of Nathan Drake or Kratos or Spyro or anyone you're not you're not going to go for this like limitless um you know, fantasy video game that we can imagine where anything is possible because you don't want anything to be possible in your narrative video game. So uh, it is more about performance and and, uh, and and graphical quality and and things like that. It's not about like having these uh, just boundless, crazy things that we can definitely conceive of, but you know, mm. it, it just wouldn't work. There are definitely going to be some some games that take full advantage of of how much bigger they can be. There will uh, be some, yeah. I would, you know, I, d- I really don't want to just keep harping on about it, but I the idea of an Assassin's Creed game in 30 years <laughs> with all the technolo- technological advancements is both a tantalizing one and a terrifying one. The idea of the scope and the size of that game. If games are too big now in a lot yeah, of cases. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to get bigger. We just need to get better. Yeah. And, and I do hope that there that is a distinction that can be doubled down on in the, in the next three decades. <laughs> but I don't know. We have no idea, obviously. There's, that is to assume that the world doesn't end between now and then. Well, of course, yeah. Uh, one hopes it doesn't, or some might hope it does. <laughs> but in any case, video games, I think, will likely still be around because they're, they're a technology and technology is 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 vitally important to everything that goes on in this society and and that will that will always be i think a part of of society now as a as a form of entertainment i imagine there'll be new forms of entertainment i don't know what they'll be hmm. uh, but certainly video games as a young medium i think that you know they're just starting out still a, you know a good 50 years in yeah we're still only really just starting out so well, that's exactly that's that's why you're so right about the need to get better, not bigger. Like if you go back fifty years or thirty years, there was room for them to get bigger. There, there were limits on size and scope back then, mm-hmm. uh, as well as quality. They need to get better too. But yeah, we have now reached a point where I think, yeah, okay, we could maybe we could go a bit further with scope, and it wouldn't be overwhelmingly bad if it was utilized properly. But uh, yeah, they don't need to get much bigger now in terms of. Uh, yeah, in terms of scope and and the limits of of these things. Yeah, there's something to be said for getting lost in a world, a well-designed world. Mm. And uh, but I don't think a realistically sized video game world that's that's sort of the con- the continental United States. Yeah, I don't think that serves any real purpose apart from to show off what they can do. 
Yeah. I can't think of any advantage to being in a world that big virtually. You know, you would never see all of it. You would never no. do all of it. Um, and you really have to make a killer game to keep someone's attention or keep someone engaged in a in a in a game world that big, you know? Yeah. So hopefully yeah. it doesn't go that way. We will see though, I suppose. Yes, we will. Well, I mean, never mind if the world ends. What if we're dead? What if just me and you both have died well, that's before true. we're 60? Could happen. Could happen. We could wake up dead tomorrow. I could. Well, yeah, would we wake up at all? No, definitely not. Right, well, it's time for the <laughs> outro. Uh, if you want to see us not dead, um, for the time being at least, you can find us everywhere at Team Triple Jump. Our content goes out at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. And we stream on both of those platforms as well. Uh, remember, if you've got Amazon Prime already and you're not you're not using the uh, free Twitch sub that comes bundled with that, why not just use it on us? It won't cost you anything extra on top of your ordinary fee. Mm. And we'll benefit from it financially all the same. Mm. Uh, when we're streaming on both YouTube and Twitch, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Mads Didactyl, and Trowling Badger. Thank you, mods. Our social medias are twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of different rewards on there, including asking questions on this podcast and uh, early worst games ever and even more. So go have a look. Our Discord is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Jack and Joe are modding the Discord. Thank you, Jack and Joe. The podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Um, we have the website, triplej.mup. Don't go to triplej.mup forward slash shop anymore because that's not right. We've got a new store, triplejumpshop.com. Okay, that's where all the all the shopping is happening. Um, and remember, you can also follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter um, for news about upcoming drops and future merch and, and things like that. So give them a follow. Finally... Uh, if you go to that website, triplej.mup, that I mentioned earlier, that's triplej.mp, you can put forward slash VODs on the end of that, and that will send you to our YouTube channel where our VODs are uploaded, and uh, where Pat Fenn does weekly highlight videos as well. Thank you, Pat. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. The joint stream, Blaze It, being on Thursday and solo streams being on Monday and Friday on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows every other week or thereabouts. Speaking of... Shows and such and so on. Uh, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes, please. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms, etc. Uh, James, our very own James Jenkins, made a video that went out on the channel last week. Uh, we, he did. We, we weren't sure if it was going to be ready when we recorded the podcast last week, so we didn't talk about it. We're talking about it now. He's done a deep dive on the topic of Cyberpunk 2077, a fair and balanced review, looking at the game itself, looking at the the pre-order hype, all of the controversy, all of it. It's a great video. He's done it all himself, and we're very proud of him. It is. I'm just looking up how well it's done. Oh, look at that. Good, good for him. Good we're very for proud him. of him indeed. Yeah. yeah, go give that a watch. It's on the channel now. 
this week there was also a playing every mega mega drive every sega mega drive slash genesis launch game video that's available Mm. now if you want to go give that a watch that was a bit of a hassle to put together peter because and i really feel for our ranked list writer philip because researching that was a nightmare there was so much conflicting information some of the like release dates didn't line up the website where i get sort of the launch game lineups from they changed it when i was halfway through writing the script like someone went in and edited it and removed a couple of games oh no (laughs) and added another one and when i looked at that new one it released like a year after the launch of the console so no one has any clue what's going on I try to be as accurate as possible, but there's a good chance that it's not right. So mm-hmm. there we are. Also, as Peter said, new shop, triplejumpshop.com. Limited supplies on certain items there, so make sure you get in there and get your orders locked in. Helps us very, very much indeed. There's some cool shirts there too, some cool new shirt designs. And uh, don't forget to go check out the two Quipscopes we've mentioned in this uh, podcast today, or certainly one of them definitely exists, which is uh, <laughs> Persona 5 Strikers. And yeah, hopefully a little Nightmares one went out um, on Friday, but it's Absolutely. currently Thursday at time of recording, so we'll see. It is. Go and, go and watch all that stuff. Amazing stuff all on the channel. Oh, mm. oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh. yeah. Also, it's, yeah. it's flipping Valentine's Day today, question mark, at the time of release, uh, Saturday, 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 no, Sunday, Sunday. 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 tomorrow. Okay. Well, it's Valentine's week, and the third in our, tra- now it's a tradition, mm. we release a, a list video ranking the 15 hunkiest boys of the previous year. We did it at the beginning of 2019 we did it at the beginning of 2020 and this week we've done it at the beginning of 2021 so one of the lists that went out this week was a joint venture from myself and peter brilliantly written by cat it was the first one that wasn't written by us and she did a fantastic job mm-hmm. and uh yes if you want to just just watch us sort of i don't know what the what the term is that we could say here Innuendo uh, eyes. Innuendo eyes, sure. And admire some hunky video game boys from the past year. That's on the channel. Make sure yeah. you give it a watch. Yeah. And that's it's always that's one of our it. best videos, I think. Yeah. yeah what yeah. I like the most lists. is the first, that was with the first list we put out on Triple Jump. Yeah. And we were asking for editors and writers at the time. And then a lot of the videos and scripts we got through were sort of they thought wow these guys are making lists that take the piss right that's yeah it. that's right including james i think james's application script was like a list that just took the piss we're like well that's not really what we're gonna go for every day but this kid's got talent yeah i forgot about that they were doing like you know a bit like the ones we used to do at a previous venture like mm. you know reasons you know that um toad is is cheating on it's like your wife your is wife, cheating on yeah. you with toe, yeah, or um, games games whose protagonists are secretly assholes off camera and things like that, you know? Yeah. 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 It's weird. Anyway, start as you mean to go on, I suppose. That video's up there now. Go give it a watch. Peter, it's just time. It's just time. Peter, it's it, just time. it is time to talk about the sponsor for this week once more as we disappear off into mm-hmm. the sunset for another week. That, of course, being Mass Effect Sledging Dairy Edition. Replaces Mm. all the characters with various dairy products. It's out in May alongside the standard Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And it is available for the elevated price of $99.99. Oh, jeez. Which I think is a steal. If I get my one cent change, if I I pay with a $100 bill. 
Mm, I mean, at that point, why don't you just go all, all in? As I said, EA, they're struggling and they need your... They are. They need that time. scent. Yeah. So, smell you later. All right. Well... That's it. Yeah. Okay, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. I was next desperately time. trying to remember one of the quotes that I'd mentioned Is earlier and I couldn't remember any of them. Tr- so uh... tr- Trouble... Trouble with the trolley, eh? Tr- trouble with the trolley, eh? Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Greatness from... Smell you later. Smell you later. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody, and stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. But bye well, Have a great weekend, everyone, except those people who are buying up all the Happy Meals and so kids can't have them. Okay, see you later. Bye. B- bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.